Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Adrian Harris. Adrian Harris is a dynamic consultant, facilitator, and trainer with 23 years of progressive executive leadership experience in customer experience, sales, and operations. Adrian has gained respect for her strong leadership in driving significant revenue growth, change innovation, and positive culture shift. Adrian is a certified Lean Six Sigma White Belt, Pro-C Edcar Change Management Practitioner. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. You are. <laughs> okay. And Thomas International PPA Analyst, DISC, and EQI 2.0 360 Leadership MHS Practitioner. Adrian is passionate about supporting women and girls in leadership. Currently, she is the Executive Council and Innovative Lead for the Elevate Network, Toronto Chapter, and mentors young women in business. In her spare time, Adrian enjoys spending time with her friends and family in Toronto where she attempts to eat great food without ever entering the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Adrian. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I would just like to learn more about you. So why don't you start out by introducing yourself, tell us where you grew up, where you started out, how you got to be doing what you're doing. Oh, okay. So I actually, I grew up in Georgetown, Ontario, which is just northwest of the Toronto airport, a small town, and uh, spent all my time in Georgetown with my mom and my dad and my sister until I went off to University of Waterloo, which is in Western Ontario. And I studied psychology and business with a minor in management. And yeah, I, I did the co-op program. I did a ton of great um, experiences through that program. And then I started off into business. So if I look back, like one of the things you'd ask me ahead of time is how I, how I got to where I am today. I always had a real little passion for leadership and serving others and, and being in, in customer service. And I, I remember as a little kid, I set up a little uh, a little group called the Fantastic Four. And I remember my dad... <laughs> I remember my dad giving me heck, Kimberly, because he thought I was being a little too bossy because uh -huh. I made myself the president. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that was probably one of the first learnings around leadership, mm -hmm. which is it's, it's not about being the boss. It's about serving others. Exactly. So what was the purpose of the Fantastic Four? I just got to know. <laughs> uh, I, it was just like, you know, doing shows around the neighborhood and, and, you know, putting on lemonade stands and I was always pretty industrious. <laughs> but that, that theme of, of leadership took me, you know, all through school. Like I was back to grade eight. Now this is funny. I was student council president. When I went to high school, I was student council president for two years when I got to university, I was on the Arts Council and I led the fitness program at the University of Waterloo. So there was always this passion for being connected 
with others and and helping set a roadmap and 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 listening to where I could provide some value. Mm -hmm. Wow, and it started very early. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a pretty big lesson when my dad said to me, uh, "You shouldn't be so bossy." And and honestly, that always has stuck with me because it's not about being a boss. Mm -hmm. It really isn't. It's about how do you help others become and unleash their talent and passion and see them grow. Like I've, I've mentored so many people in my career that have gone off, you know, to do these spectacular jobs. They're now vice presidents and they started with me as customer service reps. And I'm like, dang, it makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Like really good to see how successful they've been. Yeah, so when you're mentoring someone, how, how do you do that? What does that look like? Um, so I take a, a different approach to mentoring and coaching. And, and it's something that we do in our practice at Portage Sales, which is where I'm a managing partner. We, we tend to have a Socratic type approach where there's, you know, the question asking and open-ended and an also approach of sometimes people want some direction. So we usually take, or I take an approach of let's focus on a project or an initiative that you're working on and let's work it together. Mm -hmm. And you, you, you get to cash in sometimes and say, this is the time I just want you to tell me what you would do, Adrian, mm -hmm. versus I'm going to just ask you questions and push you to figure it out yourself. So it's a real balance. Mm -hmm. and try to have a lot of fun with it too. Like, I think you can probably tell that I'm a pretty joyful person. Mm -hmm. um, big energy, lots, lots of laughter. And I think it's important to have fun in a mentoring and coaching relationship too. So I always do start out, even in business, even with clients, how do you want to work together? Mm -hmm. What's important to you in a working relationship? What do you need from me? What do I need from you? How are we going to communicate? How do you want to receive feedback? How don't you want to receive feedback? <laughs> and, what is and what does success look like? And how are we going to have fun together? Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds wonderful. So open. So right from the start. I think it's the best way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's the best thing to do because sometimes we're giving people feedback and they're not receiving it because it's not the kind of feedback they want to hear. To oh, totally. I have a really good friend and we have very different social styles. And that's one thing that we have really learned from each other is that we actually ask that question because sometimes we don't want to receive feedback. You're not in the you're not in the headspace where you can really take it in. Mm -hmm. And we had a situation, I think it was probably a few months ago. And I, and she said, I, I want to talk to you about something. Are you ready to hear some feedback? And I said, Whoa, I'm actually not in a good place right now. Mm -hmm. Could we wait a couple days? And I do want to hear it. Your voice is important to me. And when I was in a better, better place, we reconnected and I was able to really listen mm -hmm. and really hear where she was coming from. So, so I really, I was actually a mentor of mine. Her name was Catherine McIntyre, who 
imparted that, that bit of wisdom. And for, sadly, she passed away two years ago. And this whole approach to coaching and mentoring came from her. She was a pretty special lady. Wow. So um, who was um, one of the first mentors or coaches that you had? And how did you know to seek out a mentor? Oh, it probably was Catherine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was probably Catherine first. She was uh, early on in my career. She was the president of a company called ICOM, and she continued to grow and be second in command at a very large Canadian company. Mm -hmm. She taught me so much about sales and how to serve customers and bring value to customers uh, and to take care of, of people. Your, your people are precious. They're the, the human resources. The people are the ones, if you take good care of them, I think it was Richard Branson has said, they'll take care of your customers. It's really, really true. And, and actually, they're generally the smartest people in the room. Uh, she was amazing. And then I would actually say another really impactful mentor, and, and he doesn't know I'm going to say this, which will be really kind of cute. <laughs> uh, my business partner, Peter Myers. Mm -hmm who's the president and founder of, of Portage Sales. When I was going, we worked together at ICOM mm -hmm. and we went different paths down the road and now we've come back together, but we've always been good friends and, and he's been an, always a great sounding board. When I, when I went through my divorce, when I was trying to figure out my new career path, uh, he was always very curious mm -hmm. and thoughtful and genuine mm -hmm. and you know when someone is I think you have this energy Kimberly when someone is really present with you mm -hmm. and really listens for understanding yeah that to me that's a that's a pretty powerful mentor mm -hmm. and and sounding board and trusted advisor mm -hmm. yeah so I would say that Peter is one of those as well and I've always been really purposeful about having a couple of really good mentors and, and, and trusted advisors, because I found it's been very helpful in my career. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that is amazing. And it's, it's wonderful that you actually get to work with him now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it is. It's a bit of a joy every day. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a joy every day. Yeah. So I heard you mention several things, customer service, sales, talk about sales. How do you do sales to the best of your ability so everyone is happy? Yeah, and that, that's a really good question because sometimes sales can sound like a dirty word, right? Like people hear the word sales and they immediately think of, you know, the, a car salesman or someone who's in a, a retail shop who wants to sell you that suit jacket right? And, and you don't want them, it, we call it kitch, uh, catching versus pitching. Okay. You don't yeah, want to pitching. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> you don't want to pitch. Mm -hmm. So the way we look at sales and customer success and customer value is about really being curious, listening for understanding, 
asking really great, great questions to, to get underneath what's going on in the business and then looking for ways we can be helpful. And sometimes, you know, there's not a fit. Mm-hmm. And then we can offer another alternative. We can help a client get connected to somebody else, or we can say, you know what, down the road, there might be something we can do. And I think about the pandemic. So I've been in corporate most of my career. So this has been, so I just recently shifted in the last, last year mm-hmm. from leading large sales, enterprise sales and client services teams across Canada and the U S and I stopped that. And I said, I'm going to join Peter in this boutique sales and training enablement company um, as a managing partner. And like absolutely terrifying, right. To not, to not be in a regular job. Yes. And now to be like, Oh, okay. I got to sell every day. And it's, it's different. So, you know, we've actually gone through an interesting process together where, I've kind of had to reframe it around it's it really is about it is about service it is about being helpful mm-hmm. and looking where you can add value so when the pandemic hit really hard we had a lockdown in Canada mm-hmm. in in the Toronto in Ontario I think it was middle of March and all of our business came to a grinding halt grinding halt and as an entrepreneur, that's a scary place to be. Yes, it really is. <laughs> right? Like I was like, oh, <laughs> and, you know, we kind of paused for a week or two and then we said, okay, how can we be helpful? Mm-hmm. So we developed a series on resilience. So helping individual contributors and in companies, how, how do you live with uncertainty? And then we developed a workshop on resilient leadership. Leaders, how can you help your teams be and care for them? And then we did one on resilient revenue. And we weren't selling. We were just looking for ways to add value and to serve our clients. And a lot of that meant let's have lots of, let's have lots of conversations about how you're going to get through this storm, this crisis. And can we brainstorm with you? Can we help you? And our our goal was to be generous. Yes. And what has been the response to that? Well, it's interesting. Things are like conversations are starting to pick up and engagements are starting to restart. So that's been great. And, And I think, I believe our clients really appreciated the fact that we were there for them without expectation through the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. So um, now you talk more about leadership. Mm, okay. Uh, what would you like to, what would you like to know from my point of view? Um, first of all, how to be a good leader. Oh, I made so many mistakes along the way. <laughs> I've learned a lot (laughs) Um, and I really think it's about putting others first and and I the other piece I would say is about being vulnerable 
when you when you step into leadership from my perspective your goal is to listen to remove roadblocks for others to raise them up and celebrate their wins and then it's also for you as a leader to demonstrate that it's okay to fail and that you can get back up and it's okay to make mistakes and to, to, to actually own them in front of a, in front of your team and to, and like, even like during the pandemic, one of the practices that we had every day in our consulting practice, and there's four of us every day we started with, what are we grateful for? So this is something that I had initiated, not just what are we grateful for, but why, what's our mindset today? What do we need from each other to get through today? And it was okay to be vulnerable. So there was one day that I was having a really bad day. I'm a very outgoing, very social person. I found it so hard to be in lockdown. And I was just really sad that day. And I said to the team, I said, I'm having a really bad day. <laughs> and, and I think that's important to demonstrate that you're not you're not perfect and to be present with people. That's one of the things in our resilient leadership workshop that we talk about a lot As I had a client at a call center and they had an employee who was really, really struggling leading their team and they were trying to be just perfect. And it wasn't about being perfect. Mm -hmm. It was about being human. Yes. And, and allowing, yeah. 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 I think people are afraid sometimes to do that, especially in a corporate situation where there's sometimes some competitiveness going on. But the thing is, if they're not allowed to fail, they're also not going to take risks or do things that could totally change everything. Yeah, better to fail fast and then get up, shake it off. Okay, I learned something. And what am I going to do differently next time? And how can I share that, that learning with others? So I think also my, uh, probably the other big tenant of my leadership approach is bringing people along. Mm -hmm. And when I say bringing people along, it's involving them in the creation of where we're going. Mm -hmm. So not a do tell, but let's, let's sort it out. Let's figure it out together because then there's ownership, mm -hmm. there's engagement, there's excitement. And, and that makes total sense because if, if they're in on the creation and they actually, there is a consensus on when you're creating something and they're not just sitting there not talking or not yeah. inputting, but when everyone's inputting and you come to a conclusion of what you're going to do and you've created it, then you can actually, um, create together but also there's accountability where if someone's not buying in yeah. if they're just going to work and they're not engaged they're not buying in it's going to be hard to hold the, that person accountable a hundred percent and and along with that is creating a space where people can constructively and positively challenge each other where it's okay to disagree mm -hmm. in a really respectful way yes yeah and that's not, that's not easy to do. I really I double want to double down on that accountability piece though, because that's so critical. And I totally agree with you when you get people 
discussing and creating the vision, they own it. They want to drive it forward and you can, and you hold each other accountable, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It can be even fun. Well, it should be fun. That's one of the reasons I actually wanted to join Peter and Anissa at Portage Sales. When I, I did this work with a coach I hired after I left corporate last summer, I hired a uh, career coach. Her name is Iris Jacobson, Choice Will Change. And it was, it's really interesting. A lot of the questions you had me reflect on prior to this about where I came from, what was important to me, were questions that she had me reflect on too. And a big piece that came out of that is I want to I want to enjoy what I'm doing every day. I want to work with people that fill me up. I want to work with clients that I can really bring some meaningful value and have fun along the way. And life's short, Kimberly. <laughs> like, I'm really, I mean, I'm 48. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like, it goes so fast. It really does go so fast. <laughs> I, have, I have children in their 20s now. And it's like, how did it get? How'd you get so big? <laughs> right? Yeah. My son's 19 and my daughter's 16 and a half. I'm like, where did my little people go? <laughs> yeah, they, they grow up and have their own lives. And, and, and then and then I have a granddaughter that's one and a half now. So you do not have a granddaughter. I do. And she is the apple of my eye. She is. Just, oh, think, what's her name? Uh, Juliet. Yes. Yes. Oh. I mean, grandkids are the best. It's the best. She was pointing out colors to me this morning. <laughs> they oh. were this blue, green. Not just it fill just, you up. Oh, it does. It just fills me up. To, to the well, hill. you don't look like a grandma. I'll tell you that. Well, that is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When she was on the way, I said, "I'm not ready." But as soon as she came, I'm like, "I'm Grammy. Here I am." <laughs> oh my gosh! Is it Grammy? It's Grammy. That is so fun. That's what my daughter calls my mom. Oh, that is funny. That because that's that's not common. Mm-hmm. That is so cute. Yeah, that is so cute. <laughs> it might be that we were close neighbors. So I grew up in Michigan, across from Ontario. Oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe it's coming up there. I don't know. But there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, now you're working with um, younger business women now. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so I am, um, you know, I work with all ages and, and stages. I, I, on the side, I have a real personal passion mm -hmm. for young uh, women in leadership and in business. So at the last company I was at, I started a women's network across Canada and the U.S., Mm -hmm. that was focused on, um, you know, providing learning opportunities, a whole mentoring program, as well as, you know, speakers and, and also a charitable giving aspect. Mm -hmm. And then I, when I left that company, I joined Elevate. Elevate is a, a global network for women, uh, women helping women. And mm -hmm. I sit on the Toronto chapter. I love that. And just throughout probably the last 20 years, 
Uh, I've had the, uh, the gift of, of being a mentor and a, a coach. I've been asked by different business leaders in the Toronto area to coach young women on their teams and help them move from individual contributor to manager. And I, and I just do it. It's not a paid thing. It's, it's something that brings me a lot of, a lot of joy. That's a lot of joy seeing people. It's when the light goes off, mm -hmm. you know, and I've also been very fortunate, Kimberly, that I've had people who have invested time and energy in my personal growth and development as, as a person, uh, as a leader, uh, as a family member, as a friend. And I think it's a great way to give back. So I guess in some ways there's a little bit of, I'm getting something out of it too, because it just makes me really, really happy to see that light go off and to see people be successful. I just get a lot of joy from it. Wonderful. And so um, I belong to a group called What Women Want, and it's a networking type group. And I get so much um, good feelings and connection from the other women in the group because we just all support each other. It's very cooperative. So just talk about the importance of actually networking. Oh, that, that's a great question. Um, I learned early on. So when I, when I was, when I left Epsilon back in 2012 or 2013, I had no idea what networking was. I'd worked for that organization. It was ICOM then Epsilon and I'd worked for them going on 13, 14 years. And here I was now out in the workforce trying to figure it out. And I'd heard all about this networking thing and I had no clue. So I actually hired a networking coach. And the biggest piece of learning I, I took away from that was the importance of generosity and the power of giving. So what, what do I mean by that? So, you know, you'll sometimes go into a networking meeting and you're sitting across from somebody who's powering to get to the end for what they can ask. Uh -huh. It's not what you can ask. It's really what you can give. Yeah. And I think networking is a very generous process. I think it's quite amazing. I'm, I feel very, very fortunate. With most of the networking that I have done, I have learned from others and I have found people to be very generous. And I step into each of those meetings with listening carefully for an opportunity where I can give back to that individual, whether it be an introduction to somebody else. Uh, maybe it's an article that I've read that I could pass along. Um, can, you know, well, even this, like this is the power of networking. Laura McDougall. Yeah. I met through networking and I had the, I had the, uh, the opportunity to introduce her to some really great people and she introduced me to you. Yeah. And it I mean, I started out with my warm market and I have a quite large network, but I started out with my warm market, but you know, at the end of every podcast, uh, once we get off, I'll say, tell me who, you know, that would be a great guest, you know, and I tell them what, what I'm looking for, for the podcast. Yeah, that's how I met you, and that's how actually I met Laura. Isn't that like it's crazy? On and on, and they say what we're like five degrees or two degrees or something, so, so many degrees yeah. just from the next person that 
you know, might be a person we're friends with or we have a business with or. Yeah. I just think it's, it's just amazing. And I, I've actually worked with a lot of young people uh, that just coming out of school about how to, how to network. And they're like, well, I have nothing to give Adrian. I'm like, of course you do. Of course mm-hmm. you do. You just need to listen, mm-hmm. listen and be curious. Yeah. Cause there's always, there's always something and it doesn't have to be immediate. People just love that you're interested and curious and that you want to, to give. And I think that's really what it's about. I, I do too. And I think it's sometimes people are even surprised. Um, I, I'll know I'll, I'll meet someone and then a few months, sometimes even a year later, I'll think of them because that something I either met someone or I came across, like you said, some information that I think they would be helpful for them. Yeah. And I'll connect them with information with a person. And one of my favorite things to do is I'm a big time connector. So I love connecting with others, but I also love to find two people who could benefit each other and putting them together. One of my very favorite things to do, I get so much fulfillment, even though directly I'm not really getting anything directly from that. Yeah. Just the satisfaction that those two will, you know, come together. That's good. And, you know, even as we're talking, I'm thinking, okay, I have a couple other podcast people that I know they want you to be on their show. (laughs) So, you know, after this, I'm going to connect you and them because I know you're a perfect fit. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, isn't it? It is really cool. And actually, just when you talked about that, that was Donna Messer. So uh, she was the coach that I had hired back in 2013. Mm-hmm. And what you just said is what she also got so much joy from like, ooh, Adrian, I'm going to introduce you to this person. And the two of you are just going to be magical. Like, yeah. she just loved it. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. It just fills me up. I love doing that. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think that the, the watch out with networking is when you get into, so if you're in transition, for example, mm-hmm. people can go hard, hard, hard with networking. Mm-hmm. And then they land and they stop. Mm-hmm. I think it's re, like nurture care for the people in your network because they're special people. Yeah. Just take take the time, even if it's, Every couple of days, just do a check-in with somebody. Mm-hmm. I saw, I, you know, I saw your article on LinkedIn, really enjoyed it. Um, whatever it is, you know, I, I just, let's go for a coffee and catch up. Care, care for the people in your network. Take, take time uh, to nurture those relationships. Yeah, yeah. Because some of them end up being some of your best friends too. You know, there's, there's business, but then there's people that I've met through networking that have become really, really some of the best friends I've ever had. And they're the Mm. kind of friends that, you know, even if you haven't really had time for each other because everybody gets busy with their lives, if two years later I can reconnect with them and I'm thinking of someone that I met probably 20 years ago and I'm like, we haven't talked in a long time. We're going to connect. Yeah. It's just so valuable though, those connections and by just nurturing that, um, to me, friendship and um, having that, those intimate kind of relationships are so important too. Yeah. And I really believe, I, I totally 
resonates the piece around the friendships. I have made some incredible connections through networking. And I also believe that people want to be helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at Peter and I are in this big business building phase right now. And we're really focusing on asking our network for help. And people are incredible. Mm-hmm. Like they're really incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, they really do want to help. And they just need to know what you need. And I think I know... Yeah. Personally, sometimes I have a hard time asking for things. Oh. You have to ask or people don't know what you need. You know, you hit the nail on the head with that one. And it's something that I talk about when I'm coaching folks who are newer to networking or have been in a, a position for 30 years and then are now on the, out in the workforce. And it's the same thing um, it's the same thing with sell with sales. Like you have to be clear about how you can help or asking for help. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for example, we're working on, uh, we're really build, building out our training and enablement program and it's getting some really great traction mm-hmm. and we have to ask, we have to share, here's the value we can bring. And do you have someone who might need help in this area? Could you please make an introduction to so-and-so? So we can learn more about what their needs and challenges are. Mm-hmm. And you're right. You just have to be really clear. And I think too, as women entrepreneurs in particular, or maybe it's just women, <laughs> <laughs> I have some, I sometimes have a really hard time asking for what I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's that little dude on my shoulder saying, you don't have the right to ask that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> We've done that for years and years. And my favorite verse in the Bible is ask and it is given unto you. And I keep saying, okay, listen to the verse. <laughs> listen to what oh, it's that's you. actually really, I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of my verses that I keep right in front of me to remind myself wow. to ask. Mm, I've taken a little, that little nuggets going in my pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, so um, share with us how people can actually contact you or if they're, you know, what, who your clients are, who you're looking for and how, what services you have available for them. Oh, that, that's great. Thank you. So we, our practice primarily focuses on, as I said, sales and customer success. So we, our ideal customer uh, is in technology. We do a lot of work in the tech space and manufacturing and financial services. And, and we really focus on helping sales and client services teams and leaders power up their team for growth. So looking at the strategy, how the team is organized and how they're performing. So we spend really where where our sweet spot is is in uh, learning design and delivery so training and we take a, a really innovative approach to to training one that has a real focus on sustaining for the long term and our clients would say that uh, we're a lot of fun to work with we we make it really practical really real so you can the the skills get used right away they get sticky and you know a little bit of gamification along the way and and really pragmatic so you know you're not sitting in a room for two days and walking away with a binder that collects dust 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, and, I, awesome. and Peter and I, like Peter and I have carried, we've carried the bag. Like we, we have the, we've carried the quota. We have the war wounds of that big honking revenue target and, you know, challenging clients. Like both of us have worked through the great recession and the, the sadness and tragedy of, of 9-11 and, and now, and now this, this, this global pandemic so, you know, we just, we really work. I like, I like the word co-pilot. We do a lot of co-piloting with our clients so that we learn and grow together. So a great, um, a great uh, referral for us is uh, anyone who wants to really power up their sales or client success team has a team that needs to tune up their skills and, and, and get stronger and more effective to drive top line growth. We're all about the revenue, revenue line and bringing really meaningful client value. Great. Right. And then how do people find you? Oh, uh, www.portagesales.com. Portage, like the portaging. <laughs> it's really, it's funny because Peter is such an outdoorsy guy. And I'm like, I'm like, so take me to the Ritz. <laughs> All right, so portagesales.com. You got it. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, and it, it's been fun. It's been uh, fun talking to you. I was so nervous, Kimberly, but this was great, so thank you so much. Yes, yeah, so one last question before we can uh, finish today. Okay. What's your best advice for people in creating the most incredible life for themselves? Oh, I would say surround yourself with people who fill you up. Positive energy, people who are genuine and honest that raise you up to, to be the best of you and challenge and challenge you. Don't settle. You know, every day really is a gift. It's, and it's hard work. Every day is hard work. Mm -hmm. Yet community and the people that you surround yourself with will either lift you up or bring you down. And uh, I feel really blessed. I have amazing family. I have amazing friends. I have a, a great business partner, a, a great team and our director of client services. And I got two wicked kids and a great partner. So I, I, I've really focused in the last several years in making that a priority. And it's made a big difference. Okay, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Adrian. Thank you. I'm so glad I met you. <laughs> yes, me too. And we'll talk okay. to you soon. Sounds good. Bye-bye.